This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, and welcome along to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. It's a big week of tennis. It's the second leg of the Sunshine Double over in America. It's the Miami Open. We spoke about the WTA tour. And that event last night with Rory Giovanni, and I'm delighted to say joining me to break down the men's draw, which is a fantastic men's draw, is our senior tennis ATP tour handicapper for Because We Win. It's Sean Calvert, fresh from his trip to Indian Wells. How are you, Sean? You're looking a lot more refreshed than the last time we saw you. You looked absolutely shattered, my my friend, last time. 27 hours to get there. Looks like you had a nice bit of sleep and you look a lot better today. I've been sleeping quite a bit since I've been back, actually. Yeah, it is a bit of a difficult one, Indian Wells, because it's 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 a long way away. But and obviously it's eight hours time difference, and it was made even more difficult by the fact that it took so long to get there because I missed the connection and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a bad one for the sort of jet lag and getting back into the time zones. But yeah, I've had a, a few days rest. I'm feeling reasonably fresh and ready to go. I think yeah. Yeah, it's a big tournament this week. Last week, we looked at Indian Wells. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the team sensation, recaptured the number one spot on the W uh, the ATP Tour rankings. It really was what in the, a very, very impressive display for him. I must admit, conditions did suit for him, but in all tournament, he did impress. Some of the shot making and some of the, the skills we saw and show shows you what a talent this young lad is. Um, before we wrap into going to this week onto the tournament in Miami, break down the draw, what were your mm. takeouts from last week, and uh, you know what what sort of players did impress you when you saw firsthand, or anybody you thought to yourself, you know, all doesn't look good in that per- in that player. I think it was a pretty typical Indian Wells, really. You know, I, I was slightly surprised that that Medvedev was moaning about the conditions being slow because it, you know, it's always that slow. It's always it's always those sort of conditions there. You know, it's it's slow, it's high bouncing, it does suit the the clay courts. Yeah, Alcaraz was impressive. We said all along, didn't we, that he should be the favourite on the outrights rather than Medvedev based on the conditions and the way that the final played out that, that, that sort of backed up that theory, didn't it? It was, it was pretty clear to me that the conditions would be more obviously suited to, to Alcaraz than they were to, to Medvedev. But I mean, as far as, as far as our bet is concerned, we had Yannick Sinner, didn't we? I thought we were unlucky really. He had um, a decent chance against Alcaraz. I didn't think Alcaraz was particularly great against Sinner. You know, if Sinner had taken that set point that he had in the opening set, uh, I think it, we could have had a different result there. There's only four points in that match overall. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. But um, you know, Sinner won more first serve points. He won more second serve points. He, he just he just didn't he didn't have a good serving day. Sinner he only served at fifty percent. That's that's not going to beat you beat you a Carlos Alcaraz in, in many conditions. But um, 
Yeah, conditions there well suited to Alcaraz. We'll see if they're as well suited to Alcaraz this week as they were last week. I think that's the big question. We're going to come on to that in a minute. But just last week as well, the final, Medvedev against Alcaraz. Mm. Medvedev started favourite on the first lines that come out. Medvedev was the favourite. Yeah, the he money was Price's favourite, yeah. Yeah, and it was a very strange betting move for him. You know, a very strange move in originally, I thought, to make him favourite. You know, I know he's been informed winning those three was... tournaments. But tiredness must, be, must come into account for that as well. I think it was the same mindset the bookies had all along by making him favourite for the tournament ahead of Alcaraz. I think they just went on the outdoor hardcore stats, which did slightly favour Medvedev. But, you know, Indian Wells isn't a a normal, if you like, outdoor hardcore. It's, you know, it's much slower, much grittier, much higher bouncing. It, it, it obviously suited Alcaraz over Medvedev. But I think they rectified that error pretty quickly, didn't they? They put up Medvedev as favourite and then about half an hour or an hour or so later it you know, the money came and either that or they just realised it was wrong and then the prices flip-flopped and it was it was never in any danger, really, was he, Alcaraz in that final? No, no I thought I thought, uh, I thought he played brilliant, but I just did sort of worry that uh, Medvedev had just lived on probably one match too far, given that these Possibly, fantastic... yeah. yeah. And he yeah. had that injury as well. He had two injuries. He, he did his hand in as well, didn't he? As well as his um, as well as well his foot and ankle. So he was he was in the wars. Again, we'll see how he shapes up this week, um, Medvedev. He, he's played a lot of tennis. Accumulated fatigue could be a big thing with him this week. Let's have a look at the Miami Open Tournament, uh, look at the outright markets and look at the draw itself. I think the big question we've got to, uh, before we ever even consider a wager, the big mm. question we've got to look about is the court conditions. Now, obviously, traditionally, this is a court that's usually quite slow. Uh, from mm. our sources in Miami and from people, we think it's going to play a lot faster this uh, over the next 10 days. Yeah. Uh, we think that could change the way that uh, we originally thought that uh, the tournament might go. But uh, that's not very good news for Carlos Alcaraz if it is faster. It's good news for the American players and it's good news from Medvedev, obviously, on the back of last week. So I think before we go anywhere, we the, the court conditions are crucial here is for our betting uh, strategy going ahead in this match, in this tournament. Yeah, I'd, I'd got all lined up ready to to back a few clay courses here because it is, as, as you said, it's a lake hold outdoor hardcourt surface, which is the same one they use at the US Open, but it's it's much more humid here. It's re- as you'll find out when you get there, it's extremely humid. You know, it's, it it's varies between sort of six, 62, 63% and about 75% humidity, as well as being around about 28, 29, 30 degrees Celsius. So that, that makes it very, very hot. It also makes the balls fluff up um, a bit and makes it makes them not as quick through the air. It's not a particularly quick surface anyway, the lay cold. It's kind of a medium-paced surface. Um, and it usually has favoured the players that, that do tend to struggle on quick surfaces. I mean, it also doesn't take spin as well as Indian Wells. You know, you can just look at Rafael Nadal. He's never won Miami. And that that tells you it, it's not a particularly good court for players with big, heavy topspin like the Jack Sox and the, and the Nadals. They haven't done so well here because it, it doesn't bounce quite as much and... It is a little bit slower off, you know, through the air and off the surface. But our sources tell us it's going to be quicker this year. I think that's that's interesting. If it is quicker, I think they would have had to have tweaked the courts quite a bit because, as I say, the humidity makes it is it's one of the big big factors in the in the reason that it is a little bit slower. But statistically, if we're looking at seasons gone gone by, as far as hold service holds, service points, first points, and all that sort of stuff, it's very very similar to Indian Wells. They're, they're both. Indian Wells and here, generally speaking, are slow surfaces. But now we're, we're, we're hearing that it's going to be a bit quicker this year. That'll be really interesting. Yeah, I think it could be a, a rebase on the tournament as we go past the first round and see the court action. Yeah, it's, um, it's, the it's worth sport. looking, I think. Yeah, it's worth yeah. looking and just seeing what's going on because 
it's not going to be easy to speed it up, I don't think. We've got some uh, women's action today as well, so maybe have a look at them before before we look at the results as well of them and see how we, if we factor them in for the games that we're going to talk about, which start on Wednesday. Uh, let's have a look at the outright markets. Carlos Alcaraz is the favourite, plus 260. Defending champion here. He also won last week, as we said, in Indian Wells. Traditionally, what, you know, what, is, there a tr- is there a good trend? Is there many people go do the uh, Sunshine Double? Is it, is it something that you want to fade the, pl- the player who won the previous week? Or usually does the player who win the week comes in with a bit of form and, and momentum? Obviously, the two long it, tournaments, 10-day tournaments rather than a weekly tournament. Uh, yeah. I haven't. You, you'll probably look at it a bit more met than me, but I would have thought that potentially it would be a fade rather than to get with the, uh, the player who won last week. I mean, over the years, it's it's been very, very difficult to do the sunshine double. Mm. But that said, Novak Djokovic did it three times in a row. Um, That's Novak Djokovic. If anyone's just trying to when he actually did it, um, oh, 2014 to 2016, he did both back to back three times in a row. Then Federer did it the very next year, 2017. So it was done four times in a row in between 2014 and 2017. But away from that, it's it's generally proved quite tricky to do um but you know those those guys didn't find it that difficult so you know you, you could argue that if Alcaraz is, is a cut above these players then he shouldn't have any physical problems in doing it back to back my concern with Alcaraz with the information that we've now got would be that would be the court speed yeah he's only 19 years of age he should be able to should be able to be able to play 20 days worth of tennis uh, I think we you know at that age you've got no fear he is the favourite plus 260. The big doubt, obviously, is that uh, court speed. He's in the top quarter. He's the number one seed in his quarter. He's got Holger Runa, uh, Denis Shapovalov, two Americans, uh, Taylor Fritz and Tommy Paul, also a third American, Maxim Cressy, who would expect of him to play in the last 32. So the draw's been rather favourable towards him um, in that quarter. I don't think it's going to be anybody really to, to, to worry him. I think probably Taylor Fritz or Tommy Paul will give him a game if the conditions are fast. I mean, that's the big if here. Uh, the second mm. favourite is Daniel Medvedev. He's $3. He's positioned in Q3, the number four seed here. He's got a rather favourable draw again. Herkas, Shelton, Krovich, um, Cam Norrie. But he's got some injury concerns, hasn't he? So we probably want to put a line through him or, or watch him in the first round to see how he goes or the second round. So who's that, sorry? Medvedev. Yes, Medvedev. Well, as we say, accumulated fatigue. I think is going to be a a big thing with him. You know, he's he's made four finals in a row, won three of them, had that nasty fall last week, problem with his hand as well. Um, I think if you look at it statistically, Medvedev and Alcaraz in the terms of their service points won and return points won in Miami so far in their careers, it's exactly the same. They're both on one hundred and seven, um, which is slightly surprising, seeing as Medvedev's never won it um not really been close to winning it again it's all about these conditions if it, if it is quicker this year that obviously gives Medvedev more of a chance but I've got I've got my eye on one in the bottom half of the draw to take Medvedev on with okay so we'll just go for the betting third favorite Yannick Sinner at plus nine dollars seven or sits a pass who's had problems with injuries well and form is mm. plus 1200 Holger Runa who was very disappointing last week in Indian Wells he's 1600 Felix Auger alias Sim at 1600 Taylor Ritz is 2,000. Kasper Rudd, the beaten finalist last year, is 2,000. Andrew Rublev is 2,000. And then we go into Cam Norrie, uh, Zverev, and Herkas, who range between 2,200 and 2,800. So, Sean, before we come on to your pick in the bottom half of the draw, who mm-hmm. is the man that you want to be with this week in Miami as your idea of a likely winner? I think I'm going to stick with Yannick Sinner. Um who we had last week. It's not often I, I stick with players, as you know. 
tend to I tend to bin them off pretty quickly if they've had a a, a bad result. But I, I think, as I said earlier, I think it was just a little bit unlucky, Sinner, in that that match against um, against Alcaraz. Fifty percent first serves is not going to get is not going to win you many matches against elite players. You know, if, if he'd made if he'd made it sixty percent, I think you would have seen a very different match. He was only four points behind in terms of total points won, as I said, um, whilst serving at fifty percent. And the fact that it is going to be quicker this week, we believe it's going to be quicker this week. I think that will definitely benefit Sinner, and it, it won't be to the to the benefit of of Alcaraz. You know, Sinner's got a great record here. He's, he's played nine completed matches. He retired last year in the quarterfinals against mm-hmm. Serendolo. Um, he's won eight of them. You know, his service points one and return points one here is 103. Uh, former finalist, lost in the final to her cash. Probably should have won that. I think he was a bit nervous. Perhaps came a bit too soon for him. You know, conditions have, have suited him here. Um, he's playing well. He, he just, you know, just that service percentage just really cost him against Alcaraz. I think on a different day, which obviously this will be, gets more first serves in, quick, slightly quicker conditions. I don't, I don't, I don't see any reason to abandon him. I think, I think he's still one of the top two or three that are most likely to win this tournament for me. And I got him at um, eleven to one this morning. Eleven to one this morning. The price currently now is plus nine hundred with Bet Rivers. Is an each way pick, Sean, or just a win only pick? I think he'd just be winning only because he probably has to go through Alcaraz. So, I mean, you, you know, you're back in each way and you get another semi-final loss. That would be that would be tough to say. But I, th- I think Alcaraz has got, you know, if it is going to be quick, I think he's got some players there that could that could definitely beat him on their day. You know, Fritz, all the two obvious ones, Shapovalov, maybe if he if he finds his absolute best form, which we haven't seen from him for a very long time. It's not likely, but um, Holger Rune, Andy Murray, these you know these guys can can potentially beat Alcaraz on you know on their day. Yeah, if you look at the second of the draw, he's in the second quarter, Yannick Sinner, Sean's pick. If the conditions are fast as we believe they are, there's not many real dangers in that draw. You've got Casper uh, Ruud, obviously, wanting to be as slow as possible. Uh, Van der Sandschup, who is too inconsistent for me. Batista Agut coming towards the end of his career, I wouldn't bet him. Alexander Zverev on the comeback trail from injury. Dimitrov, who should be his opponent in the last 16. Kekmanovic and Rublev. So really, that's not a difficult quarter is it you know you would look at that and think well he's a heavy favorite to get in the semi-finals and if we can get Alcaraz beat we've got a great chance to get into the final at plus 900 so I love that pick as well and Yannick Sinner I think, I think the main the... danger sorry yeah, go on, go on. I was gonna say I think the main danger is Zverev um yeah you know we, we've said before that Zverev doesn't particularly enjoy conditions at Indian Wells yet he played pretty well uh he was lucky to beat Rusev Wari that's that's certainly true but on the flip side of that, he was unlucky not to beat Medvedev. Should have beaten him in straight sets. Uh, really, Zverev. So he's, Zverev is obviously one, as you said a few weeks ago, he's, he's, he's coming back uh, to to the better form that we know he's capable of. And conditions here will suit him. Definitely, I feel, a lot better than Indian Wells. So for me, he's the main danger for for, for Sinner. I mean, Rude, you know, I don't, I'm not sure he can enter the thinking. I know he made the final year last year. And if you are backing him, you're backing him on the basis that that's what he's done and that's what he's capable of. And, Maybe you can do it again, but on everything we've seen so far for, in 2023 for Casper Ruud, it's, it's it's been really poor, hasn't it? You know, yeah. Garin stuffed him last week. He, he beat him so, so easily. Should, he should have beaten him. Actually, even easier. He, he had a, a break lead in the second set that he squandered Garin. He should have beaten him much, much easier than he did. He was miles better. So you need a massive improvement from Casper Ruud to even even figure in this tournament. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to figure. I think he's an early casualty. But the trouble is, who's he going to get beaten by? Because... Uh... 
you know, there's essentially if it's fast, maybe Van der Sandrup or Poprino, if they can get through the, that round. If Potic uh, is fit, maybe, yeah, he doesn't seem yeah. fit, does he, these days? Mm-hmm. Just to let you know, obviously, we've got some first round matches to come and uh, it's a bye. So all the CD players, 32 CD players are already into the second round. And tomorrow's matches are first round matches that get the players in to the draw for the second round to place one of the seeds. Um, you said you've got a pick in the bottom half. I'm quite intrigued to see who it is. I'm, I'm guessing we're looking to oppose Medvedev. I'm guessing we're certainly looking to oppose Sitsapas. So there must be some kind of value at some decent prices in that bottom half of the draw as well. Yeah, I think we have to take Herkash at 33 to 1. Well, I've taken him at 33 to 1. Just on the basis that his, his record here is fabulous. He love, absolutely loves Miami. He's, he's played 14 matches here and won 12 of them. Obviously won the title a couple of years ago. Won the doubles here as well last year, actually. We think it was with John Isner. Um, statistics here are, are comparable to to um, Alcaraz and, and Medvedev. As I said before, they're on 107 in terms of their service points, one and return points, one. Um, her cash is on 105. Uh, and yet you can get him at 33 to one. And, you know, the other two are, are very much single figure prices. He's got a good record against Medvedev as well. Beat him here. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. So he's already beaten Medvedev here. He also beat him in on grass uh, in Halle, the Halle final last year. He also beat him at Wimbledon. And the two matches that Medvedev won against him have been very, very tight as well. You know, they, they could have gone either way. So he's, Medvedev has found Herkash an extremely difficult opponent, you know, on grass and on hard courts. And he's come in here, you know, Herkash, in in great spirits. You know, he, he knows he's been successful here every time he's come here in singles or doubles. Uh, his record is fabulous. And what's not to like from, from his point of view? You know, 33 to 1 with those statistics in these conditions that obviously suit him. Uh, you know, if it's a touch faster, I don't think that's a problem either because, as I say, he's beaten Medvedev on grass as well. So I think he's the obvious choice, to be honest, in the bottom half of the draw. There is certainly a, a case to be made for taking on Sitsipas in Q4. However, I think the two players that are most likely to beat him, uh, as in Felix Auger, Aliasim and Francis Tierfo, that they're quite unlikely to beat Medvedev if Medvedev was the guy to emerge from the semi-finals in, in Q3. They've both got poor poor records, very poor records against Medvedev. So I'd be looking to maybe back one of those two to win the quarter, which is just a play that purely takes on Sitsipas, who's injured. And he's not got a good record here anyway, Sitsipas. Never never been past the quarterfinals uh, in Miami. So there's there's a, certainly a case to be made for taking on Sitsipas in the quarter winner's market. And there's a case to be made for, for her cash as an each-way play uh, outright. Yeah, Herkast is available at plus 2,800 uh, currently on the Bet Rivers website. The The other thing about Herkast and Sinner is that they're not going to be too really concerned about the the, the, the court speed. They can both play on on, on these kind of courts yeah, already, exactly, as they've yeah. proven. And if yeah. it gets faster, it's probably a, a better tick in the box for the pair of them as well. So we're not taking on the unknown on the court. It's... We know we've got a good run for our money on those two players if the conditions are as we expect or if they were what they were last year. Yeah, it's 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 just going to be a negative for Alcaraz, isn't it? If it's quicker, the quicker it is, you know, the less likely he is to win it. You would have thought. And as I say, I mean, he is he is defending champion, so it's hard to be negative about his chances. He's you know he is the favourite and he's the rightful favourite. But I think Sinner can beat him in the right conditions. Yeah, uh, Alcaraz plus two sixty favourite, Sinner plus nine hundred, and our big each way pick is. Herbert Herkass at 2,800. Uh, let's look at some selected first round matches. As I say, these are the matches to place the big seeds in the round of 32. These are tomorrow on Wednesday. You can check out all these markets on the Bet Rivers website. 
uh, over 42 different markets on each one of these games, handicaps, total games, all kinds of specials on there. And also you can watch these matches on the web, web uh, the Bet Rivers website on the streaming. So if you have a bet on it and you want to watch it on the uh, on the website, you can do that as well. Um, let's start off with the top one, probably the most interesting one on the list. Uh, Mikhail Yima, minus 129 against Alexi Poprin, plus 104. Uh, what do you like here? I like Poprin. Absolutely, I like Popper, and he's, he's going to be my official play for today. Um, I took him at 2.1 this morning. I, I just think there are so many reasons to, to, to back Popper, and not least the fact that he, he absolutely thrashed Ema last week in the Phoenix Challenger. I know it's different conditions. You know, Phoenix Challenger, it's sort of similar to Indian World, kind of uh, slow conditions. Um, but, he, you know, he, he beat him 6-2, 6-2. He created 17 breakpoint chances on the Ema serve in two sets. You know, for me, I mean, Ema is the kind of guy that not only is he he's a confidence player. You know, he, he tends to have these little streaks of confidence and and streaks where he's just not able to do anything. And he seems to be in one of the the latter at the moment. You know, if we look at his record so far this season, he's he's won four out of his twelve main level matches um, in twenty twenty three. He's only held serve sixty six percent of the time at main level this season. His service points won and return points won. Total for 2023 at main level is just 95. Popperin's on 100, by the way. Uh, and his service hold and break total is 89, which is not even close to the level that you would expect from a world number 53. But again, Popperin's is 98. So Popperin's well ahead in the stats so far this season. He beat him very, very easily last week in the Phoenix Challenger. And Popperin's up a decent record here. He played... Medvedev really tough here a couple of years ago. Medvedev eventually won it 6-4 in the third. But Popperin's also beaten um, Riley Apelka here very easily. He's beaten Massetti. Um, and I think, you know, if it's quicker, that's that's not going to be a problem for Popperin. He's got a massive advantage on serve against against Ema. I mean, Ema breaks serve an awful lot more than Popperin. Popperin doesn't break serve enough. But if you're creating 17 breakpoint chances in two sets on your opponent's serve, you're not... You're not doing too much wrong, are you? I just think that's a that's a very very short price on him. He's not he's not been in any sort of form. He lost to Rinky Hijikata, didn't he? Indian Wells. He hasn't beaten a top 100 player for ages. It, it's it's a shocking price, really, on Emo in the form that he's in. I'm happy to take Popper in all day long at, at uh, as underdog in this one. Yeah, Popperin is currently plus one hundred four. He did he did have a poor twenty twenty two, but in twenty twenty three. Popperin's come back with some form. He, he beat uh, Taylor Fritz in the Australian Open and reached the quarterfinals in Adelaide. And he did quite well in Indian Wells, reached the second round before he got beat by Sean's pick, Herbert Hercash. Uh, if you look at the Bet Rivers website, the spread is one and a half. You can bet Popperin plus one and a half at minus 124. And the totals are 22 and a half at minus 112 for overs and unders minus 114. There's 29 different other bets on that market as well. And they're scheduled to start around about 12 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow on Wednesday. So head to the Bet Rivers website. Don't make sure you don't miss out. That is Sean's only official pick. But there are four other games there, Sean, that you, you, you've sort of put on there and you might have a few leans. But obviously court conditions are going to sway your opinion here. Just take it away from, you know, how you, how you see the rest of the games and, and what, you, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I, I put these in before I realised it was going to be slightly quicker. Um, based on the conditions that it's previously been in Miami. We, as I say, we, we're yet to really 100% know what it's going to be like, but obviously we feel like it's going to be quicker from what we've heard. Um, the reason I put Ramos in, again, is a classic case of the slow conditions 
not favoring the the betting favorite here, Huesler. Uh he's never played Miami. He's in awful form. You know, he hasn't he's not playing with any sort of confidence at all. Lost in the Phoenix Challenger last week. He actually got a got a retirement out of Philip Krajinovic uh, last week in the Phoenix Challenger, but he was miles behind. I think he was five two down in the first set of that match, Huesler, and then he got lucky because Krajinovic retired. That's the only win he's had in, in about the last sort of six, six, seven matches. Uh, Ramos has got a great record here. His, his service points won and, and return points won total in Miami and his career is 102. And he's won nine of his 16 matches. Again, he's he's not in good form at all, but we've, we see this all the time from Ramos, don't we? He disappears for like a third of the season. Then he'll he'll keep winning for a while. Then he'll drop off again. Uh, definitely come back Hughes at that price. I was going to back Ramos, but I'm, I'm a little concerned about the... Um, about the surf, a surface bid certainly won't back Husler at that price. Um, yeah. The second one, sorry, the, th- the, no, Husler, the third. If you want to look at the website, Husler is minus one fifty-two, Ramos plus one twenty-three. The spread is one and a half, and the totals are pitched at twenty-two and a half. If you want to look at some of the special markets there, and maybe get yeah. with Ramos on the spread, and if you can't pull the trigger on him to win the match at plus one twenty-three, take away. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, sorry. I was yeah, I was just kind of um, looking at which matches I've got here. The next one is Pella, isn't it? Guido Pella yeah. against Virilas. Again, this I don't think the court conditions will really make much of a difference here because this this game is going to be played out as a as a sort of clay court style game on a hard court. So I don't think, I don't think the fact that it's slightly quicker will really make much of a difference. Um, as I said, didn't I before Indian Wells that Pella's coming back to form and that he had a decent chance of beating uh, Montero, which, which he actually did. And then he played a really close match against Talon Greekspor. There was nothing in that match against Greekspor off the ground from the baseline there was nothing in it it was just the fact that Griegsbo had that extra firepower on the serve that allowed him to win that 7-6-7-6 so it seems to me like Pella's kind of creeping back to his you know his better form after that awfully long injury layoff that he's had and Virilas not played at all since the clay at Santiago lost in the first round to Jared in the Santiago he then withdrew from the Santiago challenger didn't play that not sure what the reason was for that Obviously, didn't play Indian Wales, didn't play the Phoenix Challenger, so he's not played on a hard court since the Australian Open. I just think this. I'm guessing he's either not fit, he's had injury problems, or maybe maybe fatigued. I'm not sure what's happened there, but he never played the Miami Open either. So to ask him to come in with no tennis for several weeks and beat Pella as favourite, I'm happy to take a, a small lean on on Pella on that one. Just a small bet, but I, I do fancy that there's a bit of value on Pella there. I, I actually like this bet a lot, Pella. I think Pella's got a, an unbelievable chance. I mean, I know it was a long, long time ago, but the last um, couple of times they've played, which was, I think, one was 2017 and the other one was in yeah, 2014. Easy, they were both on clay. Pella won very, very easily. But when you look at the betting for that game, the first, like in 2017, Pella was minus 3,300 to win the yeah, match. massive favourite. Yeah. And in, in the, the game pre- match previous to that, it was minus 600 to win the match. Um, today, Long time ago, yeah. Know, but, but he's, he's plus money. And, 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 I, and I don't think any court condition is going to change that. I think Pella here at plus money, plus 110, that, that kind of price, plus 106 currently with Bet Rivers. I think that is is a great shout for, for the players to prove and play. And the winner obviously uh, takes on Denis Shapovalov in the second round. So, I totally agree with that play on Pella because I don't think the conditions are going to be any different if it's fast or slow. This is a, this is yeah, it's going to be a clay court match, match isn't yeah. it? And I, and I think Played Pella's got the edge. Looking good <laughs> in his comeback recently, you know, we picked him up, played well against Griggsball, like you say, and Virilis, 
wouldn't trust him at all as a favourite there. So I, I like that lean towards that one. Uh, you've also got Curry up against Leheka. Leheka's a very heavy favourite, minus 670. Leheka mm. obviously is really well in the Australian Open, but hasn't done so good since his uh, exploits in Melbourne. Yeah, he's lost four of his last five matches now. Mm. Okay. You said, didn't you, when, when, sorry, just after the Andy Murray match when he had those, all those match points and 100 to 1 on him play and whatever. I think you said he's a fade for the for the next however long. Um, and that's proven to be the case. He's lost four of his last five matches, lost to Kokinakis in the Phoenix Challenger, lost very, very easily to Rublev in, in Indian Wells. Just looks to me like his confidence has gone. You know, that, that confidence that he had at the start of the season, it just, it's obviously not there anymore. Losing straight sets to Kokinakis in, in slow conditions in, in Phoenix is not a good result. He'll probably win this match. And the fact that it's quicker is 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 off-putting a little bit about Correa. But Correa's played some decent decent tennis this season. I think he's just been a little bit fatigued in recent weeks. You know, he had that uh, those two uh, tournaments on the clay in the Concepcion Challenger and then in Cordoba where he, he won the title in Concepcion, made the final in Cordoba. He was, he was exhausted after that. We took him on, didn't we, in, the, in Buenos Aires? Uh, he's not. He's not done anything since then. I think. Just think he's been fatigued. Um, he's shown some decent form. He took Fuksovic to five sets at the Australian Open on a hard court. Um, he also played Giron tough as well, seven five in the third, also on a hard court. So he's a kind of he's a bit of a pest on a on a slow hard court. I think Leheka's going to have to. He'll probably win it. I think maybe two one to Leheka could be interesting there. Um, or, or a set to Correa. I'd like it a little bit slower. You know, if it is quicker, it's that, that is off-putting about Correa. But um, that that price, you know, on a guy who's lost four of his last five matches, it's it's concerning. I think two one to Hecker is probably a decent shout there. Yeah, he's a minus six seventy favorite on the money line. But if you want to oppose him uh, or get with him in in various different markets and look for the games, a two one win is plus two ninety for Lehecker. Total games here, which pitches a very low nineteen and a half. I'm quite tempted by that at minus one twenty one. Mm. Uh, you could look at courier games to get over eight and a half at plus one twelve. So obviously check out the, all those different markets uh, with Bet Rivers and the handicap here or the spread is uh let's have a look what the spread is i've lost a bit now but the spread is four and a half or five and a half i think wasn't it five and a half with the uh, career minus 137 so there's a multiple different ways to oppose leheka rather than pull the trigger on courier at plus 460 on the money line but obviously just check those court conditions out today on the women's side before we have our wages and the final match you want to talk about is quinton hallis uh, minus 286 against pedro martinez plus 225 Again, I think the court speed here is um, is, is crucial for this match as well. Yeah. Um, it's just Martinez, isn't it? In slow conditions, slow, humid conditions, you would you would favour Martinez to do something against against Halis, who likes it quick. You know, Halis is another one who's barely ever played the Miami Open. He played it, I think he played Qualies once, 2017, lost to Gombos, I think, if memory serves me correctly. Um, someone that would like it quicker, uh, Halis. Martinez again showed what he can do in the slow conditions. He beat Husler at Indian Wells. Played Felix, uh, Felix Auger Aliassim pretty close as well. 7 6 6 4, I think that was to, to Felix. It was a real struggle for Felix in the slow conditions to hit through Martinez. And, and this is likely to be the case again with Halis, unless it is considerably quicker than, than in previous years. This was one which you know I wrote down this morning and, and had the idea of backing Martinez on the basis that it's going to be slow. Um, Again, I think you're probably best watching now. Um, I mean, yeah, the men's qualies are on today as well, so you can watch that, have a look at, and see how how that things are shaping up there. But again, this is this is this is another one on the pattern, the same pattern that I've 
done on, on a lot of these ones, which is the, the the guy who's more comfortable on slower courts against a guy who's more comfortable on quicker courts. And I would certainly say Halis's best is is on quick indoor hard or quick, very very quick outdoor. And I'm not so sure about him on slow surfaces. Yeah, minus two eighty six Halis, two twenty five Martinez spread three and a half, and the totals is twenty one and a half. So just the one official pick for Wednesday's first round matches, and that is the plus money on Alex Popperin. And we think that is a great bet against an out-of-four, Mikhail Yima. There is a lean towards Pella again at plus money, plus 106. But I think the the, the big thing we've got to talk about here and the big thing for any better is to watch the action today, look at the court speed, and then uh, sort of assess those other matches where we have leans for Ramos, uh, Courier to get something from Leheka and Martinez in Hallis. So just look for that court speed, look for the results today, see how the clay quarters have gone on and then decide what you want to do. But just for us tomorrow, Alexi Popperin is our official play at plus 104. Currently, we're showing a negative of minus 9.35 units, um, but hard lines last week again with Sinner and uh, confident that will be in the plus uh, units, not too, not too distant future. Um, Sean, um, there are three ways. Uh, sorry, Sean, if anyone has any questions uh, for myself or Sean, you can uh, just give us a tweet at the Because We Win. And we mentioned him here on the podcast. I'll be back with Sean on Thursday because tomorrow I'll be traveling to Miami. There is uh, usually on a Wednesday, we have the chat with James Blake, but he's busy as tournament director in Miami this week. So unfortunately, we won't have him on for a couple of weeks, but Sean will be back on Thursday with myself, looking at the matches on each individual day with some fantastic content all the way through this tournament here in Miami. Uh, Sean, what, what is, uh, what's the week got planned for you, my friend? Studying, watching matches, looking at the stats, all that sort of stuff. Well, sunbathing for me, watching a bit of tennis and uh, <laughs> drinking cocktails from a rooftop bar. That's what I've got planned. Anyway, oh, don't, uh, don't work too hard. You know me. Anyway, um, there's three ways to follow us here. You can download Betting Weekly Game Bet to match on your preferred podcast provider for your podcasts. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Bet Rivers Network for all the fantastic content we have on there. And also you can follow us on at Because We Win, which is our Twitter handle, which we share with all the fabulous handicappers we have on the Bet Rivers Network. There you will see my videos daily from Miami. Uh, you will see, obviously, Sean's previews as well, and you'll be able to catch up on all the action that we have uh, from all the soccer events this week as well. There's going to be a big week of international soccer, and that will be covered here on the Bet Rivers Network. And like I said earlier, you can stream all the matches on the Bet Rivers website. You take a wager, you can watch the game uh, from your tablet or your mobile. And any questions you have for myself and Sean on this podcast, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to answer any of your questions. I know a few of you have, have messaged me in the past asking some questions, but I'd like to open the floor up to yourself and anything you want to ask, where Sean gets his stats from, uh, the information he gathers, uh, gathers. I know a lot of people are intrigued by that. And, uh, you know, just give us a give us a tweet and we'll answer your question on Thursday when we are back. Um, thank you very much for watching. Sean, thank you as always for joining me. Um, Pleasure, good luck this week and we'll catch up again on Thursday. Take care, everybody. And that's another edition of Game Bet Match. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. <laughs>